One, two, three, four. I got a wax today. Go With the fitted cap on. Oh, I love this song so much. Can you start fucking recording, Ooh, Brian? Please? Look, I've been recording look, since Ruby's came on. Get me some up, up. Ooh, me. You have a <laughs> Josh, let's This is the podcast. Joshua, who are you looking at? I'm talking to Easter. Oh, okay. You're <laughs> right before recording the podcast, I was listening to Ariana Grande's second best album. Any takers on which one it was? <laughs> um, I'm going to say... Um... I'm going to say Sweetener is her second best. Sobeta, Earth to Sobeta. I, first of all, the queen is distracting in the background. Yeah. Um, I don't know if the listeners can hear. Can they? Do we know? I, we don't know. We won't no, know until they can't, but they can check our weekly playlist that we update frequently once a week. And while we're on that, Sobeta, hello. Hi. Would you like to introduce yourself? Hey. Hi. Um, my name is Sobeta Rosa. I have known Joshua and Brian since we were 14, so beginning of high school, which is wild to me because that's really we're 23. Oh, you didn't have to do all that now. I'm 22. <laughs> I'm 22. <laughs> Brian and I are 23. Yeah, which is and it crazy. feels good. It feels good, but it feels stunning. It feels it like does. something. It does. Last year was stunning. This year has been stunning, honestly, so far. Um, but, and I think Ariana Grande has a lot to do with that. I think that we, in some ways, have grown up with Ari. We've experienced our sweetener eras. We've experienced our thank you next eras. Now we're, I mean, I'm personally in my positions era, but hey. The thank you next era was at a point in my life where, I don't know. I don't even want to talk about it because it's so dumb. <laughs> but it's like, you know, when you're in those situationships where it's like you almost got together with that person, but you didn't. You just spent like X amount of months like fucking around, like not even like you were just like emotionally getting together, mm -hmm. but like nothing, literally oh, nothing yes. happened. Mm -hmm. oh, literally yes. nothing mm -hmm. happened. And I wasted my uh -huh. time yeah, for like eight yeah. months. <laughs> So no, I've never been in a situation like that, but I, I, I an entanglement. I think that's what an entanglement. When she said entanglement. Yeah. So the definition of an entanglement. I was in one, and then Q next came out, and I listened to the album on repeat. My Spotify Wrapped, my top songs was the whole album. Needy was first. That already tells you <laughs> what you have to know. Sick me. Yeah, I was like way too damn needy. That song fucks me up. That song fucks me up. Yeah. I can't listen to Thank You Next too much because it it's so devastating to me. Like, yeah. six months after Sweetener, which was like perfect, like I'm so in love, blah, blah, blah. And then literally six months later, Thank You Next is out. And it's just like all of these different emotions and all of this, mm -hmm. like, most of them I, negative like they were right, just like absolutely. sad or angry or just, and, and she was grieving songs, yeah her fucking like ex-boyfriend's death they're also very like fuck person too i don't 
Like, yeah. I feel like the reason why I loved Thank You Next and it's my favorite is because um, this is like the one where her st- her like story outside of the music, like finally, like I finally felt it in the music and I was yeah. like, oh yeah. my God. And she's being messy, but she's also like being like, I, this album was my favorite. I just really liked how personal it was and vulnerable it was. And I thought Sweetener was going to give that to me and it didn't. Yeah. Um, but I love Thank You. Thank You Next is my favorite um, Ari album for sure, for sure. Thank you, Next. If it's I feel not like K by was... for now, because K by for now, is, I don't give a fuck. <laughs> I just I think, feel like, yeah. like, Sweetener is my favorite because Sweetener, Why? because it's so like it's so bubbly. I like the feel of Sweetener. Thank you, Next is there too, and without you would like Sweetener because it's bubbly. I was gonna say like yeah. she shares stuff in Sweetener, but it's not as raw and like. You can't feel the emotion. Like I wrote, I remember Sweetener coming out and there was just some slander going on at like my college. And they like, they let this man, this cis white man, like write a review on it. And he was like, it's all auto-tune. And I was like, no, 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 no. So I wrote like a counter review. And I was like, she's so raw and emotion and she's using her music to cope. Like you yeah. could never. And totally. I really feel like that's how she was with this album. Like her first two albums, I feel like she was just getting on the scene. She was doing palatable. She had, she stuff. had a point. To, she had a point to prove. She mm-hmm. yeah. She had. A, she was doing so much palatable stuff, so much boppy music, which is fine. They're still bops, but like, thank you for which album again. Oh, like her first your, two. Like I'm yours saying. truly, my everything, dangerous woman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like with Sweetener, the reason why I. I won't ever shit on Sweetener is because I love how she references a lot of other previous music that she just loves to listen to and she like puts it in the album. There's like seven to 12 samples that are like from like different kinds of genres of music that I love. Raindrops and Angel Cried, that's an old, old ass song from like doo-wop, like boy group, like in the early like 50s or 30s. Yeah. That kind of time period. She does like in sync. she has Missy Elliott on there, Pharrell 8. Um, I just, I don't know, Sweetener just doesn't do it for me. It's very, very, like, produced. Yeah. Whereas I feel like Thank You Next is just, like, she just, like, had a whole bunch of, like, she had crunch time in the studio and she just made bops. And I like that. But my and question it, to both yeah. of you is, are we talking about this the whole time on the podcast? Maybe not the whole time, but it's a nice place to start. Because we didn't even talk about yeah. positions yet, but what's your question? We didn't talk about positions and I have thoughts and feelings. We uh, of course we will talk about that, but I feel like we should also formally introduce Saveda, <laughs> not just yeah. be like hi, I'm Saveda. <laughs> um, so uh, thank you for joining Saveda. Sorry everyone that Brian and I are severely MIA. Um, we're new to this. We are editing virgins, and we're waiting for the right person to pop our cherry. <laughs> Um, with that said, I'm really thankful that you're on Sabeda and I just want you to talk a little bit more about yourself and explain who you are and what you do. So, I don't know. Who am I? Who is anyone? Like, philosophically. What's in a word? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I guess I would say I'm an activist person. I don't know. Like, I don't like putting that label on myself, but... I started like an activism group with Brian last summer. So that's the thing. And I work with a nonprofit. And what is that group currently. called? Oh, Lancaster Changemakers Collective. Oh, wait, this is good. 
Oh, okay. You're just really distracting back there. Joshua's um, <laughs> the DJ. Yeah. So, like, we're hearing all the good bops. But yeah, so Brian and I started Lancaster Changemakers Collective in June of 2020. Um, <laughs> I work for a nonprofit as a campaign communication specialist. That's like my title. So I'm just like always like in That's the hot. thick of that like. Is hot. <laughs> I'm just always in the thick of some type of kind of activism, whether I'm getting paid for it or not. Um, okay. But like the money's not important. Um, I went to school for journalism, funnily enough, and mm. Spanish, so I double majored, but I also started a club there that was called the Students of Color Coalition, so I feel like activism has always been a part of, like, my person. Um, oh, and she has her diploma. Don't mess yeah. with her. She has that <laughs> diploma. Give me one second. Okay. Sorry. Um, I also have my own podcast called The Brown Girl Chronicles, which I will invite joshua and brian on too you can follow me on instagram at bgc podcast that will be in the bio mm -hmm. please follow sabina thank you thank you um but yeah besides that i'm a reader i'm a sister i'm a friend i'm a daughter oh. I, I love you i love you so much <laughs> i'm a daughter i'm over here like my room's a mess uh, the dog, no, mine dog is shit in the yard. Like, Stop. <laughs> I don't have a dog, but there's, there's like a stray cat that wakes me up at 2 a.m. every night just to yell. Yeah, they're having sex. Did you know that, um, so the street that Joshua and I used to live on as kids, there were the cats, there was like a cat fight club. Poplar Street, justice for Poplar Street. Pop, we were the Poplar Street princesses. Shout out Sophia, if you're <laughs> listening. And Mar, come on Mar. Um, <laughs> and do you the, remember that hot ass white boy that lived right across the street from me that was like in a band? Yes, oh my he God. He was so hot. That was an awakening. Uh, Sir, if you're out there, I if have this his message number, gets actually, to you. Joshua. I have his, I have his number. He like had tech. He was like, "Hey, I'm like, ch someone's trying to move something into my house. Like, do you mind like if I give you my number so you can help open the door or whatever?" And I was like, "Of course, <laughs> of course I can." And I think it's in my phone. It's like hot guy next door or something like that. He was really hot. And he Hit him up. Man. Just be like, we hey, used to, "What you doing?" We, we, we were like, in like, "Fuck is this?" <laughs> we were in like eighth grade trying to figure out ways in which we could ask them if we could come to their band rehearsals in the trying basement. to trick god <laughs> what's going on but anyway the cats were successful in tricking um because they had a cat fight club and then at night they would have orgies and if you know anything about cat sex i don't know this is the topic of the podcast for right now if you know anything about cat sex they their penises have these like hook things on them like on the head of the penis there's like these like sharp hooks so when the when they're having sex the female is literally in pain and that's why when cats have sex you hear all of the screaming because they're the actually misogyny is na nature it's nature yeah uh, okay um, yeah that's my little I snippet just, why do you know so much my mom has a has a male cat 
and we didn't know that until okay. one day well also you know so you know how dogs like i was they, like were you a veterinarian in another life that i just didn't yeah. know about i was actually i was a veterinarian. oh my god it looks like isa's looking at me oh my god <laughs> i was a veterinarian two years ago actually um but no so you know how furthermore <laughs> furthermore you know how like when dogs get aroused they have their little they have their moment they have their little peekaboo moment with their- uh... You just are not gonna stop. It's okay. I Yeah, what? So, oh, so... I've never like actively looked at a dog having their moment. You, it's not something you know what you those bitches for. call it though. They say, "Oh, his lipstick is out." His lipstick, <laughs> his little, his red rocket. Yeah, no. Yeah! So that hap that happens with cats too. And it wasn't until my mom saw that happen with her cat that we figured out that the cats have little talons on their penises. Which I think is sickening, but hey, not when you're trying to have sex. Word, word. Okay, before we continue talking about Ariana Grande, just for editing. Yeah. What's going on with you, Brian? How are you doing? What am I doing? Um, I'm alive, honestly. And I don't mean that in just like my heart is beating and I'm breathing, like I'm alive. Um, I am so ready for spring to fully be sprung. I'm ready for summer to be here. In my mind, it's already summer, which is why I have the blonde going on. Um, I I finished my book. I don't know if I said that last time, but the book is finished and now we're just working on getting all of the little bits and pieces surrounding the book together. Um, I wanna do, I'm working with somebody to do book binding. So we're gonna have actual physical copies of it. And I also want there to be like sound involved and um, film involved and photography and drawing. So all of those pieces are are coming together now, but the writing itself is actually done, which is so nice. Um, what else is happening? I uh, This, but like, it's a hot girl summer for me. That doesn't mean I'm gonna be a hot thought summer. Yeah. I'm just gonna be- like, I was gonna say, so what summer. does hot girl summer mean to you? To me, it means oh like living your best life. This is not, my, this like, is my. Not giving a fuck, but like also just like, who the fuck are you living for? Are you living for yourself? Yeah. Or are you living for all these other people like watching you? I thought well, I was living my life. Cause at the end of the day, that's who I like, that's who's with me when I'm crying in bed, depressed. I just want to say, um, thank you, <laughs> distinguished panel, panel of judges. That question was very, very thought provoking. Um, what does hot girl summer mean to me? Wait, what does, <laughs> what does Beyonce say? She says, I um, thought you'd never asked. I thought she you, was like, I, oh, I, I wasn't I, expecting I, I was, that I wasn't question. expecting that question. <laughs> <laughs> but what does hot girl summer mean to me? Hot girl summer means to me, honestly, like, even though you can be cuffed or whatever like that, it's just having this like innate confidence, like ooze out of you because it's hot outside and you're happier now. Mm -hmm. And yes. just feeling comfortable in your own form and your own body. So that's what hot girl summer means to hot girl summer means to me. Um, I don't know. Hot girl summer to me is like I'm trying to get back on my waterline shit. I really yeah. just could not yes. do it. I could not do it with school, honestly. And I was just, I was freaking out, and I was just super fucking busy. But now I'm like, yes, let's do it. Let's. I, I it, it's something that I, I just want to see so many femme queer people in my shit and. It was honestly, I started this business during the pandemic because I felt like as a person of color, if I wasn't doing anything, then I was just 
you know, being a product of our environment. So I wanted to come out with water lines and I did, and it did really well in the beginning, but I think the pressure took hold of me. And I feel like the both of you feel that sometimes with your nonprofit. Yeah. yeah. Um, but with, with water lines, it's like, these are physical garments that I have to create by myself and there's no help in anything like that. And everyone who has bought something from me has never had a problem with me taking my time or anything like that. It's me and it's me feeling like I'm not capable of doing those things. And my hot girl summer is teaching myself that I am capable of doing those things. I can be a full-time student with a shop, working on music with a man, without a man, yeah. doing this, all of this. And I think that's what hot girl summer means to me is like being capable of doing everything that you want to fucking do and looking sexy while you do it. Exactly. Anyone listening, hi but also like you got to feel like a hot girl inside you just can't look like a hot girl outside yeah because yeah. i feel like that's what i spent my early 20s doing was being like i'm non-binary i'm femme eat this the fuck up look at me but inside i didn't feel like that um and it wasn't until recently where and i i'm comfortably saying this out loud now and i wasn't for so long like um, starting HRT, like really, really. And the moment that I was like, I'm starting HRT and this is what I'm doing. I never felt so hot girl ever. I never felt that hot girl until I was like openly honest with myself and openly honest to the point where like, if you don't like it, oh fucking well, you don't need to be in my life. And um, I think that's what we should title the podcast is hot girl or yeah. hot, hot, hot underscore summer. Um, but yeah, and I'm really happy that we're starting this podcast and I hope that we can stay consistent with it. Shade to both of us. Um, <laughs> I, it's okay. I felt the shade. It's like consistency is whatever you make it. Like, who, absolutely. Where is this pressure coming from? You know, like it's only if you put it on yourself. But as long as you guys, you both are producing like a wonderfully thought out podcast, then I'm happy. Um, I travel a lot for work, so <laughs> Thank I you. Literally, <laughs> literally, I put cement on, press play on my two-hour drive, and I'm like, okay, I feel like you guys are there with you both. I'm trying to de-gender. the way. Ah! Classic. I also love your podcast, too, Sabeda. I really enjoy hearing your insight on shit and stuff like that. I honestly only heard one episode, but That's I love fair. it. I love it. I love it. With Cement, I don't even listen to Cement. I can't re-listen to our podcast. Like, I don't know if it's because I started editing them and I was like, I even you wasn't listening yeah. to the whole thing. But I get like halfway through. I just, I just I, yeah. I feel so cringy, like hearing myself. But it's funny because no. I will listen to my music on replay every day. But when it comes to the <laughs> podcast, I'm like, ah, I can't hear any of the shit we're talking about right now. Yeah. I love cement because it feels like you're just hanging out with friends. And because I know both of you personally, it's like I'm taking you along with me to the ride. And I want to respond. Like, I'm in my car talking to myself as yeah. if y'all can hear me, which is funny to me. And you're but, not the only person yeah. that has said that, where it, like, it feels like we're all hanging out. And I think that's because for Joshua and I, like, this is us hanging out like this is what hanging out with me and joshua is like this these are the kinds of conversations that we have this is the way that we interact with each other and now through the podcast we're just inviting more and more people into that space which it feels really good it has felt really good hello 
Hello? <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, honestly, I didn't know what the fuck I wanted to talk to like people about, but we can talk about Ari. Sure. Work. We can give our whole hour podcast to a white girl. Work. We can do that. We <laughs> no. Okay, T. We don't have to. <laughs> no, but, we, we gave her well, a, a again. Smile. Go no, go for it. I was just gonna say I'm drinking vodka neat now, so whatever we want to talk about, Brian is there. Just straight <laughs> out the bottle. I think Brian was drinking vodka neat when they were talking about cat hook penises. No, that was a cocktail. That was just that was just human interaction. Choice that I was of words. Off of. Honestly, what I wanted to bring up to both of you, especially with the nonprofit that you both are dealing with. I'm sorry, I just got Sabeda's joke about cocktail. Thank but anyway, you, thank yeah. You. <laughs> I'm funny. I'm funny. <laughs> Okay, that a. I'm sorry, it flew over my head, and now I'm thinking about it. That was funny. That was funny. I just wanted to talk to you about like, it's finally been a year, if not close to a year, of when BLM 2.0 like really took on, yeah, and started up again. I don't know if your nonprofit has reached a year yet, but Waterlines is reaching a in year June, in June, June third. Yeah, Waterlines is reaching a year in May, and I calculated we. Donated two thousand five hundred. We, I donated two thousand five hundred dollars, and I'm like, holy fucking shit! So I just wanted to talk to y'all about like, what are That's you? That's amazing. What are you seeing with changemakers? Like, how are you? How do you see? It, how are you seeing it evolve? And how has it already evolved from what you first primarily thought? Um, what you thought so, it was going to be? Yeah. So Beta, do you want to go first? Sure. <laughs> Just throwing me out there. No. Um, well, because I also so kind of want to hear I what you think... have to say first. Okay. I also wanted to hear what you had to say first, but whatever. Um, <laughs> I think it's interesting that a lot of people were energized when george floyd happened you saw all this performative activism you saw everyone just like wanting to put blm in their like bios like instagram i gotta let you know i'm not yeah like they had to let you know they weren't racist in on tinder which like i guess but whatever i yeah literally so. i guess <laughs> <laughs> So I'm like, okay, bare minimum, go off. But then as time went on, it's like I got busy with school and I did try, but it's like we can only do so much as like singular people. Like it is a community effort. And that's what Brian and I have said from the beginning. So when all the energy died off and like people weren't um Which was expected much, though, right? It was expected, yeah. but it wasn't. It wasn't. It, was, it, it, was. wasn't, it yeah. wasn't surprising. I would say that it no, wasn't surprising. No, it wasn't surprising. Right. So uh, we, we were then we shifted to only doing what we could have capacity for as two people. Um, although, like locally, our like Lancaster Changemakers Collective, we got our like kind of a resurgence with the Ricardo incident that happened like late September. But then again, like it just continued to like i think also off, though that's fine i think you that also comments on how if it's not interpersonal then people really do not have that drive to yeah and i don't i don't i don't mean people as brown and black people i mean white people like 
if it didn't happen in their fucking hometown, like they're really not that interested or as invested in helping or fixing it. And that's another thing with Waterlines that I was saying is, I just also want to make sure as black and brown people, like as much as our generation is taught to speak out loud and speak for ourselves, but we also have to make sure that we internalize what's going on and we're just not verbally outwardly saying things like that because believe, I just, what am I trying to say? I, I feel like white people have that privilege where they can do that, where as people of color, we are, it's it's so, it's a lot to unravel in just one sentence, but yeah, I feel as is. though, I feel as though during the BLM movement, and I've said this in previous podcasts, black and brown people really felt, and I just said this earlier, like we felt like, okay, this is going on, like what can we do? And honestly, what we can do as people is truly be ourselves and not live through that scope of, of you know, whiteness being at the top tier. Um, and how, what I'm trying to say, honestly, just like fucking breathe. And, but at the same time, I don't know what I'm trying to say, honestly. <laughs> I don't know what the fuck I'm trying to say. I just feel as though I just feel as though that fuck I lost my train of thought because it, it is so I feel like I might know what you're saying yeah or like I feel I, like I might too no please help me finish because right. I, I feel okay. like I've lost but my you train were like earlier you said that as a person of color you felt you had to do water lines because you know all this stuff was happening so you actively were a creative but also were giving back to your community which was the lgbt community um and you were donating what was it like 50 percent of your proceeds to the um organization but i also feel like there's another side to it where it's just like just existing sometimes is enough and like you don't have to push yourself so much mm -hmm. like absolutely in the summer when all the george floyd protests were happening i felt like every day i was like if i'm not like on social media if i'm not outside marching like i'm not doing enough and i was yeah. driving myself crazy because i yeah. was like first of all this is super traumatic like this could yeah. be my friend or my dad or my uncle um and just like s settling in that reality and then going into and being like i need to fight because if i'm not fighting i'm not doing anything which is like the yeah. total backwards Thing. and it's like, ironic that's thinking. what i'm trying to say it's ironic because haven't we been fighting yeah. for who knows how fucking yeah. long personally mm -hmm. not not as an entire culture like us as the three people on this call like how long have we been fucking fighting and then when this is happening because you know why because it's put on the spotlight mm -hmm. for white people mm -hmm. to finally see then we're like oh my god was i really fighting that much was i really doing that much and it's like you you were you were doing that much by just persevering really exactly at, at the least and that's what i'm trying to say like perseverance is enough not for you white people listening that's not enough that's literally the bare fucking man that's not even you can't even relate to that yeah but i think solely when we have these conversations i'm so i'm i'm so glad that we're over the point of trying to water down our emotions and our passion as with being oppressed for white people to listen to us and I love that we can have conversations like this where we don't even fucking think about them, period. Because less than 10 years ago, we were having conversations like this that 
we felt that were too sensitive for everyone to listen to and for everyone to hear. Mm -hmm. And that's not a thing anymore. And honestly, it almost brings me to tears. Like, I did not think that that was going to happen in our lifetime. I thought that that would happen when we were like 30 or 40. Yeah. And the fact that the pandemic started, like I was yeah. talking to my mom, I was calling my mom yesterday and I was like talking to her cause she was talking to me about what's going on in Alabama right now with like um, public education systems, like not allowing trans kids to use whatever bathroom they want, play in any sports, do any extracurricular activity, shit like that. And I told my mom, I was like, honestly, mom, like I don't think that me as an artist, me as a person even, as a non-binary out there person would have gotten the attention that I've gotten if the pandemic didn't happen. And that's what I wanted to talk about in the podcast is like how the pandemic really fucking changed everyone's perceptions of the yeah. three people that are on this call right now. Like, yeah. I feel as though like <laughs> people before then didn't really give a fuck about the three of us to the point where we could make these nonprofits and all of that and they could transcend the way that they did. Yeah. Well, I think back to your original question of like, the my thoughts and my emotions towards change makers it's it's difficult because i feel like i feel like so beta and i starting that when we did and how we did and why we did it gets so tied not necessarily in our minds but it gets so tied to that point in time to what was happening in May and June of 2020 and what was happening in the summer of 2020 um, and in September of 2020. And I think that I figured out and I didn't know how to articulate it, but it wasn't until today when I saw something that Sobeda had posted on her Instagram story of this, uh, there's a person who was talking about like Instagram and like activism on Instagram and all of this stuff and how like that cannot be the end all be all of Instagram of activism. And it really is obsolete in terms of what activism is. And I think for the longest time, I felt the reason why I may have gotten exhausted with change makers or felt like I couldn't, like I wasn't doing enough with change makers was because I felt like I had to constantly be showing something on Instagram. I had to constantly be showing something on social media. I constantly had to be talking about something. And, and I think like I've taken a back seat with it because I was trying to preserve my own, my own like well-being in terms of like, I don't want to talk about, like, I don't want to talk about this all the time. I don't want to, um, I don't want to constantly have to hear about this traumatizing shit. I constantly don't want to have to, you know, do all of that. And I feel, but I feel bad because when I first, like at the rise of the pandemic and with everything that happened with me personally last summer and then starting change makers, like I felt like I had a responsibility. Um, and I don't really know like how to like wrap this up, but it's like, I just felt like I had this responsibility but then I'm I'm also having this like dissonance between like, but like, what is me talking on Instagram really doing? What is me talking on Facebook or talking on Twitter? Or like, like, what is that really doing? I want to be doing something and I'm making these moves, but at the end of the day, like, I don't want to lose myself in the process of all of that because I still have my own shit that is a priority for me and is um, 
important to me, like whether that's creativity, whether that's family and friends, like I have my own shit going on and I can't constantly be putting everything into um, stuff that's just traumatizing me and my people. Like I don't, I can't do it 24 seven. I'm glad that Sobeta went first, by the way. <laughs> yes, Brian, the person that um, I reposted on my story was is someone from college. Okay. Their name is Cypress. Sorry, they, they're non-binary trans um, and they've changed their name a couple of times and I almost said their other name, but no, Cypress, Cy. I had them on my podcast earlier in my last semester of college and they have so many insightful things to say. And they even started that video with like affirming that like they have insightful things to say and that it's important for you to listen to like a black voice, a brown voice, like someone who's taking the time and energy to explain something to you. Um, And I loved that video because so much of our activism, it was like, what they were talking about there's a difference between slacktivism and like what they were talking about they were talking about like bringing all this energy to social media but thinking of social media as one of the institutions that also holds us back and polices us and all this stuff so they're like it's a good tool and i'm saying i'm saying this there they didn't say this but I think it's a good tool, but it's not the end all be all of like activism and organizing people. Like there's so much more that you need to do. And you have to use it critically. Like you have to use that tool critically. One of the main things that they said, and this is something that has been said before, but it's like, you can't, you can't like break down master's walls using master's tools. Like Instagram is not built for people like us. Instagram is not built by people like us for whether that's whether that's black people, whether that's, uh, you know, something that they said was like, like Instagram is very fat phobic. It's very anti-black. It's very, you know, like it's very transphobic. It's very queer phobic. Like it's not built for people like us by people like us. So it's a great tool in what it does, but you have to use it critically and you have to be aware of what you're doing and you can't just use it haphazardly and you can't just use it to repost a certain story or make a certain post and type a certain caption. Like you really have to, it, it has to be more than that. If you really care, it has to be more than that. Honestly though, with that said, like, I don't think that you also need to entertain those things if they're not built for you and if they're not set up for you. Yeah. you no, know, you can beat the algorithm. You know, I've heard a lot of people, I've read a lot of books that says you need to be a part of that party to then infiltrate it and break it the way that you want to break it. You just can't be an opposer and then break it. You have to like be a part of it to fully dismantle it. Like with that said, you don't need to use these apps and all of that to fully be heard. And I know that that sounds very foreign because everything is on technology and because of the pandemic, it all went to technology. But like, that's another thing that we as people, we as people who are marginalized should work on are how can we develop social apps? Because that's the form of democracy now is fucking through social apps. Like how can we create these apps for people that are transgender and not passing and people who are women who are not white women and for people of color and things like that. That's why I, as much as I love being an Instagram thought, 
like honestly to keep it a buck with both of y'all like instagram does nothing but make me insecure does nothing but make me feel as though my progress and my work is not valid it has never validated my process as with waterlines it has never validated how successful i am as a musician it has never done anything like that for me and i'm trying to really take myself out of those scenes because regardless of how successful i am as an artist those apps are not set up for me to thrive they're not set up for me to thrive. And I cannot be a person that tolerates that. I, I've never been that person. And I understand that people th people work really well when they're themselves, but they give a part of themselves to these apps and all of that. I'm not that person. And I'm so tired of being apologetic for being that person. I'm not that person. And I just, uh, it just sucks yeah. because I want my music to be heard. I That's... want water lines to thrive. But like, if I'm not on social media, it won't. And that part fucks with me so, so much. Because it's so, because Instagram especially is so tied to branding and, and a brand and a business and all of this. And then we get this idea that we as individuals need to be a brand, need to have mm -hmm. a brand, need to be marketable need to be polished this way or always talk about this thing or do that and it's like no like i'm a human being with complicated feelings and complicated thoughts and and uh i do this and it may contradict that but i still do it because i love both of these things and like i can't it's so frustrating and that's what i'm trying to say i yeah. don't think I, I don't think i love social media i don't think yeah. i do what i love i'm a leo i love attention i love attention but uh, I just hate that that's our only forms of attention now through mm -hmm. social platforms and all of that is like, I never feel validated. Like, and this is where the controversy comes in. Artists like Arca. I love Arca's music, but the only, let's, let's keep it a full buck. The reason why Arca is, is transcending is because Arca is a passable non-binary transgendered person. That's why Arca is thriving. Look at Mickey Blanco. Mickey Blanco transcends several things that Arca has done. But because Mickey teeters on this version of being masculine, being feminine, being not, being in between, being whatever the fuck they want, they don't get the attention that they don't get the attention that they deserve. And that's what I mean. I can't keep looking on social media and just like comparing myself. I'm literally comparing apples to oranges on social media. I think, yeah. yeah, I think that's really interesting when you talk about, like, I know I'm not part of the trans community, but as a person of, like, the queer, the overarching queer community, it's interesting. Well, and also, I want to preface this. The only reason I know about this is because I did the work on, like, and not trying to, what's it called? Um socially tax my trans friends by asking them like it's not that hard to read and all this stuff but anyways to the point that i was trying thank to, you savannah that, I, <laughs> that i'm trying to make is that okay all, people are like okay all this trans stuff is cool like i understand it but they're only like i've seen the the like common theme is like people are okay if you're trans if you're passing but if you're not passing or if you look you say you're you go by she, her pronouns, but you present and look very masked, then you're invalidated in your transness, which is like not, it's not okay because you should validate people in whatever pronouns they, no matter how they present because gender and sexuality and gender and gender presentation are not like 
whatever. And if you don't know what those words are, look it up. Like Google's free. <laughs> Yo, um, dead ass. I had a but, no, I had a and project in school where I was like, I literally said in the paragraph, I was like, all these, you're making me write a seven page paper about a tra- t- treating a transgender kid in school. You can Google half of these questions. Yeah. Like, Mm-hmm. that's it that's all i wanted to say like you can fucking google your questions that's the that's why you yeah. paid a thousand dollars for a phone <laughs> right and that's the thing too with like social media it's all about looks especially on instagram it's very visual so it's like if you don't have a look or a certain look or you're not palatable to the general audience like you have to work so much more it's to get so noticed and i do agree it's so mentally it's so mentally draining so like i've tried to use social media in a way that's like beneficial to me so i only follow like accounts that make me happy i really cannot follow like super attractive people even if they're a good person or like a good celebrity, like I can't because I'm just like, I know that you have like the money resources, et cetera, to look the way you do. And I just don't. And I'm just like, I can't do that to myself. Right. Yeah. It is very upsetting. It's And uh, also another thing that pisses me off about social media is this. Um, so I've talked about how I'm I'm an, I'm going to school for psychology. I'm trying to get my master's in shit like that. There's this mental thing that goes on with social media that fucks me up so hard. And what it is is this thing where people don't like someone, but they follow them on social media just to solely not like them and haterate on. Oh them. my god, hate following! Like hate, hate thank following. You. It doesn't make I didn't sense even know there, I didn't even know there was a word for it. Like. It's like hate watching, like hate watching a TV show. How fucking weird is that? That's weird. That's it. That's all I have to say to it because I could easily do an entire fucking podcast on that. It's weird. It's weird, but it's also like people love bullying. So that's why they hate follow people. And I follow a couple accounts where they're like I get bullied every day but y'all act like this is okay like bullying should not be this accessible that's why people have to like it's just like the internet's a whole mess but it's like why would you actively follow someone you don't like to actively hate on them like yeah what that doesn't that's so does that have your mental health I know so draining and I think that's That's draining and then in turn your career yeah no go ahead I was like, just in turn, you're creating like more dread for another person. Like nobody's winning in that situation. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's, I think that's exactly why I brought up social media is like, I'm not as a non-binary trans Puerto Rican. I'm not going to allow social media to be my prestige power of being heard. I'm not going to fucking have a social media account where you can listen to me. No, you listen to me. You listen to me speak. You hear me talk, not Joshua, not my fucking Instagram page. No, you listen to me talk. And that's why I have this weird toxic relationship with social media is because I want to be heard because I don't think I've ever been heard. And finally, you'll hear me on Instagram. But also at the same time, I'm not going to diminish myself with myself and only do that on social media. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. 
it's like you're it's like you're okay i have this small platform where i can speak but but i can only speak about a b and c but i want right. to speak about a b c d e f g yeah um and that's so yeah and then it's like oh because if i talk about something too controversial then i'll lose followers and blah blah, blah. and that's how like again getting into the toxicity of social media how did we get here like in in terms of society i would like to know i just <laughs> i'm like i don't i think a white person made instagram and they were like oh my god like you can post a picture of what you're doing right now and a whole bunch of people can like it and also we can make gentrification a thing we can take pictures of these fucking shops that are opening up and you can like them and you can do all that and you know who i blame for that primarily even though I love the app and I and I miss it, Tumblr. Tumblr yeah. really created this visual enigma that we can't even express right now. And we don't even understand a fucking picture of a coffee cup can make millions of dollars. That's insane. Are you That's talking, insane. Are you, are you, do you want to talk about NFTs? What is that? Is that, is that where you're going? That sounds what like is where that? you're going. What is um, okay, so I don't know too much because Isn't every new it's it's like the new way that like oh okay you go. Well, I don't know. Every time that I hear it explained or see it explained, it doesn't make sense to me. But basically, I watched what, like a I watched a, a social, I watched a video a too. social media video that was like a minute long. I watched literally a ten minute YouTube video and I still don't know what it's about, but. Basically, an NFT is like a non-fungible non token. And basically, it's like how you can like sell paintings and you can sell like physical pieces of art. Basically, an NFT is like, okay, so like a meme, like whether it's a picture, whether it's a video, whatever. Whoever has the like whoever owns the original copy of that uh, meme, of that picture, of that font, of that whatever, digitally, whoever owns the original digital copy can can take that and basically make money off of it. Like what you were saying on about on Tumblr, like a cup of coffee, a mug of coffee can make this much money. Yeah, whoever owns the original photo that was used on tumblr they can make money off of how much reblogs they have they can actually sell it at auctions like they would the fucking mona lisa um and honestly i'm not trying to like i'm not trying to be that art girl that's like but in ways that is okay in ways it is okay because it finally finally fucking finally makes art accessible for everyone for everyone for everyone but for you run everyone. In, but you run into trouble when people no, are absolutely like, it's messy you, you run into it's trouble messy. when people are like oh i don't want this to be used freely on twitter so everybody that uses it on twitter gets fined or gets copyrighted or gets blah 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 and apparently it's also bad that's, for the environment yeah. that's where that's where it loses me i don't understand what i just what it's doing what to the environment but and I like, and that's not me being like an asshole. Like, I just genuinely don't know what it's doing to the environment. If somebody wants to explain it to me, 
later on, that would be great. I it's, just, I, I don't think get that it. NFT, I think NFT has been around for super long and it's always been a thing. It's always been a thing, mm-hmm. but it's, it's the cryptocurrency that really makes it really weird and makes it very like, um, you cannot post something on a public website and not accept and, and make it sound like it's not publicly accessible. That's not, that doesn't yeah, make sense. Yeah, yeah. And that's when elitism and hierarchy is involved. And that is weird. I, what is NFT crypto beginners? Damn, bitches really make fucking money. And you know what I think, <laughs> you know what I think really started that, even though there were a whole bunch of memes that started that, I think that fucking Pop Tart cat. No, that's exactly that. what, that's what the video was. It was like the okay. person who owns Neon Cat can sell Neon Cat as if it were the Mona oh Lisa God, in the Louvre. They can sell that original GIF as if it were the Mona Lisa. That's crazy. Yeah. I mean. <laughs> it I makes mean, sense, and, but and, it's and, crazy. Yeah. And that's what I mean. Like the Mona Lisa is transcendent. Don't get it twisted. But like. Also, you have to realize that like these forms of art were not accessible to the common person. So that's why the Mona Lisa is transcendent. Meanwhile, mm-hmm. there's a whole bunch of people, and you know who I really think debunked that? A whole bunch of several artists debunked that. But I think when Frida Kala came into play, she was like, Y'all are not going to fucking commercialize off of what I'm making. I'm making pieces that are mine. And if they tend to the popular demand, I don't care. This is my art. This is not your art. Wait, this is not- okay. Go ahead. <laughs> I wasn't trying to stop you in the middle of your thing. But I had some things to say, but my computer was like glitching. First thing, I like the idea of NFTs for small artists because y'all always get ripped off by larger companies, especially places like this is full and like fucking Target. circle this is full <laughs> circle you know why it's full circle because when me and brian during our gap year well, during my gap year this was in 2016 i wrote in my fucking notes i was like make an album that consists of everything being upside down and it looks like you're standing up and everything is upside down text <laughs> is upside down visuals are upside down Everything is upside down. I know where Joshua's going with this. And, and then <laughs> a couple months later, Sweetener comes out. And Sweetener is upside down. And everything is upside down. And and a part of me wanted to take it seriously. But I'm also like, my notes are accessible. And they know, whoever knows, call me a conspiracy theory queen. I don't give a fuck. I mean, the microchip is my phone. They see that I'm writing these things and these concepts as an artist. Who am I to think that no one is looking into that? It's public access. You can go into my notes. If you read the fine print of Apple, Apple can go into your notes and take your notes. And they they extract that data. And then Ariana Grande comes up with that. I'm also, for everyone listening, I'm not saying I'm the first to come up with that. I'm just saying in general, shit is weird. Be careful. (laughs) Write it all down in a journal because on your phone, it can easily be accessible from everyone. And I think my NFT was that aesthetic, was the aesthetic of being everything being upside down and all of that. But it's really not my NFT because I didn't. You didn't copyright it. it. You didn't make it. Like you didn't. You didn't do the thing. I mean, we've had that same talk with like uh, (laughs) about Grimes (laughs) about Grimes' concept for misanthropocene. It's like, okay, (laughs) okay. But also, like, you also have to think like. 
I think these art installations are products of our environment. Like everything that we've seen, like we've seen people on social media do the upside down thing. And we're like, that's so cool. Like you're posting a selfie upside down. Like, oh my God. (laughs) I know, I know. It's It's at the same time. Revolutionary. If that's the case, if that's the case, she got the sweetener idea from my selfie from 2013. Like, but this bitch is making millions off of it. That's where I'm like, oh, that's where I get upset. That's where I'm like, yeah. And they're not referencing also artists. not to talk about not to talk about capitalism and all this stuff how like they like we just pour money into these people but we Absolutely. don't get any of it back and the wealth isn't distributed not not me going on a socialist ramp no it's okay because uh, i i love lady gaga i fucking breathe the air that she blows out but with that said she easily extracted a lot of ideas from artists for chromatica and she's so known for bringing people in and helping people out and all of that. She didn't do that at all for Chromatica. There's an artist who did the same exact thing that she did for Rain On Me, the music video. And Lady Gaga didn't even reference her because she's a white cis woman. And Lady Gaga was like, I'm going to be the one with all this money and all that. And that's fucking disgusting. I'd love you, Gaga. I'd love you. But that's fucking gross. Like you couldn't, you couldn't simply at the artist and be like, I got it from this girl and she helped me. She hooked me up. What is so, what is the weird, like, what's wrong with doing that? Uh, it makes my me second, <laughs> my second thing that I wanted to say is I don't get the Mona Lisa. Like you said, it's transcendent I and I just don't get it. I, I it's the just, reason it why has the to Mona do with Lisa, accessibility and it I still think, has to do yeah, with accessibility. Yeah, the reason why the Mona Lisa is transcendent for me um is because Leon, he, they were creating stuff that was kind of like queer oriented during the Renaissance period. And Mona Lisa in a lot of ways is like one of the first piece, not no no no, sorry one of the first pieces in Italy during the Renaissance period, not overall, in Italy during the Renaissance period that created conversation pieces that only did not rely on religious statements and religious stories. This was a self-portrait, self-portrait. I believe it to be a self-portrait, but apparently when da Vinci made this piece, it involved a woman that he was in love with and all of that. But I think the re- the main reason why I think it's transcendent is because you can see this fucking basic ass portrait of a woman in, in nature. And it has up to hundreds of theories as to what the fuck this painting is about. That's what I mean by it being transcendent. It's like, holy shit, you made an oil painting of a woman in with trees and a fucking stream behind her. And we're still talking about it centuries <laughs> later? That's trans. That's fucking crazy. That's yeah. Okay, I thought you meant the physical. I don't know. Mm-mm. I guess art is all encompassing. You know, like everything. Girl, it's a portrait. It's a portrait with some trees. <laughs> but I was just like, <laughs> I was like, it's like this small. It's like wallet size. Like I saw a picture of people looking at the actual Mona Lisa, and that shit is so tiny. That um, was me with the Liberty Bell when they took us there to go see the <laughs> Liberty Bell. I was like. This is what we're talking about. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) I can, I can, I can carry that shit back home. Like, but another part of why the Mona Lisa is so transcendent or so important 
has to do with elitism and has to do with classism because it's not it's not accessible to the three of us it's accessible to people that have the money to travel to france and can go and mm -hmm. visit the louvre and can go see it which i think it yeah. was it was very cute that beyonce and jay-z you know goes to the grammys rented out the louvre and put black people all up in that shit. there's an the imagery of a black but where woman. was my invite right but like exactly and i was getting there so beta but it's like it's like the imagery of the woman picking the black man's fro with a with a pick that's powerful in itself but at the same time it's like oh my god but beyonce and jay-z like i get what you're trying to say but but you also had enough money to rent out the Louvre. Exactly, uh, and, we, and, we to, and we need to talk about that. I'm exactly. I've we never do. stepped on a plane before. Never mind traveled across who knows where in a country I don't speak the language. Remember that funny time in sophomore year where we took French, Ryan? Yes. Is that all? <laughs> all I know is how to say, can I use the bathroom? No. <laughs> I, well, we were talking about the Louvre in France, and I'm just saying, like, I was trying to connect it back to. Yeah, that. yeah, yeah. I was like, I actually don't. I don't remember how to say, can I use the bathroom? I remember other phrases, but not that one. I know steak free. <laughs> not steak free. <laughs> just some steak and fries. Wait, isn't it put je vois à la toilette, s'il vous plaît? Come on, let's go back on topic. Come <laughs> on. <laughs> so, okay, okay, okay. Um, what are all I have so many fucking stickers that are just stuck to my body, but anyway. I hope that this um, podcast just makes y'all bitches know, y'all dudes know all of that. That concepts of concepts of oppression concepts of thriving concepts of just fucking living as a human it's all intersectional there are more than just this happened because this happened it's more than that and i hope that listening to this podcast and previous podcasts that brian and i have done like i just want y'all to know that's why these we do not come into the podcast with a a, a very concentrated thought as to what we're going to talk about because we as people have known that it all involves a whole bunch of other shit so it's not you cannot take things at face value you also have to think of things as to what they do to someone what they do to you what they do to other people what they might do to this and that it's not just we're talking about this and that's it because i'm not that girl brian's not that girl sabeda's not that person like we're all mm -hmm. not these people like we understand that there are more than just one track as to why we talk, walk, and be the people that we are. Yes. Period. That's it. I like how you I like how you pointed to yourself and Brian in the um in the Zoom and said that girl, that girl, and then you said that person to me. <laughs> and y'all have the they them pronoun. <laughs> I have the shame. <laughs> I just, I know Brian, <laughs> and I don't want to, I don't want to disrespect our special guest. Yeah. Wanna, you know? Because, like, Joshua and I know that we can talk to each other and be like, girl. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? And, no, I, I, and so I know that I can do that with Sobeta, but, yeah. I was ready to be part of the girls. Part of the girls. Uh, you <laughs> are. You, bitch, you are. Don't even. You are. <laughs> no, but um, I was going to say, that's a great 
segue to go into the album of positions not taking ah! everything at face value <laughs> not taking everything at face come value come on full circle being critical <laughs> let come on full circle being critical like let's talk about it for a second because one the only reason i'm on today's episode is cuz i was begging the two of you to bring me on to talk about Ariana Grande. <laughs> um, I know, I know, I know. I bring other stuff to the table, but I also love Ari. But she's what I like to say, my problematic queen. She she's not, not she's like not as problematic as like the most. Yeah. No, hold on, Sabita. Brian, what the fuck were you about to say? I was I just said she's she not She sings in black scent. How is she okay, not okay, problematic? Yeah. Okay, well let's talk about it because this is where we are. Please, Sabeda. Please, Sabeda, finish. <laughs> I was going to say she is not by any means the most perfect, pristine like flawless person she has flaws mind you i love her with all my heart and soul but we need to keep people in check and like josh did earlier in the show oh my god just like magic came up wake up in my bed i just want to have a good day okay <laughs> this is so distracting but <laughs> um no she is not by any means without her flaws. And I would like to highlight them because I feel like I would be a bad fan and a bad person to just be like blindly following her. Also, you should never blindly follow anyone and you should always criticize everything at all times. Uh, but that's just me. No, that's and all three of us. Babe. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> all right. I wasn't trying to I wasn't trying to talk to any about any like for anyone else, but no, yeah, like you shouldn't criticize things at all times and not blindly follow. That being said, when we were talking about Thank You Next, stuff had come up about her in, I think it was the Seven Rings video. She like had a tattoo or something that was like Japanese, but it said like Korean barbecue. Yeah. And people were just like, why would you even have to use that imagery? You could have just like wrote it in english or not had a tattoo <laughs> yeah exactly. and i'm like, like no it's like what the fuck why are you <laughs> what also uh, she had extracted a lot of costumes from drag queens queer people for seven rings mm -hmm. and she didn't she didn't she did not um acknowledge that at all there's a very famous drag queen pheromone who that album that that outfit where she's like on the table and she has like the the silver chains on her a drag queen did that and her gay friend was like yo you should put this on no one no one added pheromone no one anything like that and and it's funny because that that whole controversy came through when she started coming out with thank you next videos and then afterwards i see her being one of the honestly i love gaga i will say this every podcast i love mother monster but she's one of the first female white pop stars that i've seen be like yo this and this is going on with the with the gay transgender community on her instagram stories and be like do this call these people do that and as much as i want to reprimand her and love her for that i'm like 
are you trying to do that for us or are you trying to prove yourself like are you trying to like you know what i mean like that's the tea regardless regardless i think what we need to do when we have these conversations is like when do we separate the art from the artist like when is that appropriate and when is that inappropriate and that's and that's what i was going to say is because again we're not behind the scenes um and i i had heard about the costume controversy but i didn't know it was her friend and the thing is she hold on sabeda hold on has like gay people what point is her team not telling her part of the process yeah exactly because they are queer people exactly you're right exactly i agree but again, it's not me trying to shift the blame away from Ariana because at the end of the day, she's the one that ordered the costume and she got it done. Like she could have done a little bit more work to like highlight and uplift the person that it originally came from. Mm-hmm. You needed a reference even if photo. It, even if, if it's, it's simply just an outfit. Even if it's simply just exactly including them in the credits but that you I include. But, but for me, but for me, I don't know if it's enough for a simple act because I feel like that's the bare minimum. If you're making money off this YouTube video with the views, like throw a little bit of royalties. Like everybody else on your team gets paid. The person that created the whole outfit that you wear in this video should get paid. Like yeah. that's reparations, yeah. at least for me. No, I agree. I'm um, like agree. a simple act just doesn't cut it anymore. Like exposure ain't it. You need to pay people, especially black, brown, and queer people. Like they need to get their check. That's thank you. Yeah. And we need um, to hear we we need to hear that. You know, we need yeah. to be told that. Because I think that as marginalized people, like we are okay with the exposure because we were never given the exposure. But like you said, Sabeda, that's the fucking bare minimum. That's the bare minimum. Like we yeah. need more than that. I agree. Um, and what's it called? I was going to say something else. Shit. But anyways, talking about her black scent, that came up for me, um, when, or I saw it very prominently in positions in Nasty, when she has that one line where she's like, what you waiting for? And I'm like, you could say four. I don't hear the R. Like what's happening? (laughs) Yeah. What's going on? I was like, you're from Florida. Like, you're not. She's from Florida? Yeah. And that... <laughs> she's from Florida. And she, she, I'm like, you're not. I don't remember her being surrounded by so many black people for her to develop a black scent. Not saying that that inherently is okay no, or she not. But I'm just control like, a lot. Not control. Honestly. But she the reason, heard anti a lot. Like the reason why I didn't like positions at first was because one, it didn't feel like a strong. I didn't feel a strong theme to the music, and I didn't feel. I didn't feel a connection to it, but it also bothered me that it had so many. Like this is her. This is her most R and B album. Yes. And and it doesn't feel to me. It doesn't feel organic. I like the album. I like the songs. I like her voice on it. But it doesn't feel like. But it took all of us a minute. Did it? Did it, you it like right away, Sabeda? No. Yeah, it took us a minute. Yeah, because to me, it sounds like oh, like Summer Walker's doing that, Janae Aiko's doing that, Sizz's doing that, Rihanna's doing that. Like it sounds like all Janae of these other girls. Janae Aiko, justice for Janae Aiko. 
Yo, she's stealing flows from Janae Aiko in this in this album. That's the part that fucks me up. Is like, why are people shitting on Janae Aiko? And also, justice for Rina Sawayama. That's it. Please keep talking, but justice for Rina Sawayama. Okay. <laughs> no, 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 no. What I mean by okay is what you mean by okay? like five hundred thousand followers on everything, like. And you just came out with a song without and John without yeah. and John. Yeah. <laughs> like that's what I mean by justice for Rena. It's like you. <sighs> I thought you were relating her, her to to Ariana for a moment. I was like, I don't no, get that. No, 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 no. Yeah. What I mean is like, honestly, I love Ari. Work Ari. Sure, you can make five stems on harmonies on a track. Good for you. Meanwhile, Rena is like producing her tracks, and she's video editing all of this she's costume designing all of this nothing is happening with her why yeah because she's an asian woman she's from london at that too and those people are not taking us serious sorry not those people asian asian <laughs> citizens in the uk are not taking that seriously like all they are is commercialized and mm-hmm I'm like, Ari, sure, girl, go off, because I'm going to listen to it. The distress <laughs> on Josh's face, if y'all could just see. Like, that's <laughs> the part that fucks me up, is like, I want to be there for you, Ari, because it all bops, and I want to hate, ha- I want to have hate sex with someone to half of your album. Yeah. But like, I listen to other music, and I just don't agree with what you're doing. And then I feel like I'm the bad person for feeling like that. That's what I'm because saying here, when I bring it up. Because here we are and... bullying the white girl. No, exactly! No. We're yeah. not bullying the white girl. We're just calling her the fuck out. But like, of course, you know, everyone else is going to be like. But that's why I said, that's why I started it with problematic fave. Like she has the resources. Baby, you're, you're, you're disconnected. No, that's what I was waiting. <laughs> I was like, this is why I started off the conversation saying she's my problematic fave because she has all the resources and money actions to be successful, but that's not everyone's story. And yeah, that's absolutely. why everybody else is, it's harder for them. And then I was talking to Brian the other day and one of the songs that I love on positions is my hair because I connect to it. But then Brian brought up a good point and was like, but that's not her song. Like she should not be singing that. And I was like, T you're right. She like not be talking about my tracks and all this right. stuff. It's like, like, I understand that your and hair her is your hair. And comes out as well. And it's just like, it's like Ariana. I understand that your hair is your hair and you bought it, you you grew it, you you have tracks, you braid it, whatever the fuck you do with it. That's your hair and I'm glad but that you feel I that don't care. But I literally don't care and I don't think that that is, I don't think that that's your song to sing. I don't think that you're the one who should be doing that anthem. That's not your, that's not your role. Sorry. Like, honestly, when I heard my hair, in my head, I'm like, are you talking about how tired you are taking your wigs off? And you're like, oh. <laughs> and then I listen to the track and I'm like. I said to Sobeda, I was like, Victoria Monet should have kept that one. 
No, exactly, exactly. Because that's like tour- that's when you see. I feel like this album, this album is really who you see who's writing her songs. Because I was like, okay, Absolutely. one of the songs I for, I forget. Mind you, I know all the the songs, but I forget which one it is. The opening literally sounded like an SWV song. So every time it comes on, I think it's like this '90s like R and B, but then it's Ari. <laughs> And I'm like, whoa. Yeah. No, and that and that's another thing too, is like you think that because you make seven tracks of of your black scent, and then you do three interlude tracks where you're like, I was so inspired by like 1930s, like <laughs> doo-wop music and all of that. Honey, it does it does not fucking cover up what the fuck you're doing. Yeah. And it honestly, but then again, that's and that's, and that's like, the thing. That's who's the thing. on her team? Who's doing this? Because she's not doing it alone. But, but and the you thing know what? Is, Savannah, what she has me. a lot of control as to what kind of yeah. she, she song writes. She, she melodically writes. Like that's the other thing too. Is like yeah, you have a whole entire team, and you can blame the team. But when it comes to the artist, especially what label she signed to. But I'm not. I'm trying. I'm not trying to shift blame. I'm just no, saying. No, no, no. Like, no, 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 yeah, no. yeah. No, I don't think you are either. I'm just. I. I don't. I. Okay. We can keep having this conversation. I think that the heart, and I've said this before, the heart of these three, is not like fucking Ari's heart. And Ari's heart is like, I'm going to bring light to myself, but I'm going to reference a whole bunch of fucking black artists, and I'm not even going to reprimand them. And I. Uh, my god i want to root for ari but at the same time i'm like ari what the fuck are you what are yeah. you doing what are you doing I don't, that's I why i think ari to an extent at the end of the day that's why i think i like to thank you thank you much <laughs> <laughs> thank you very much thank you very much thank you very much hey bye now so i like thank you next so much No, I like thank you much. So so next. <laughs> Are you thank drunk? You. <laughs> so Beta, your computer your computer doesn't have time for the jokes. You just gotta say the point. No, I'm literally trying to get it out. But y'all, thank you next. I loved it so much because I feel like that was the most raw and the most Ari that any of her albums have been where she was like in control of the story in the emotion and the instrumental work like all like every aspect from A to Z I felt like it was all her because she was going through so much shit like her ex-boyfriend died she broke up with her fucking fiance she had the Manchester bombing like a lot of shit happened to her so And she really brought that out in her music, not saying that she needs to be like this tragic person and always like only do albums when she's in sorrow and like the worst of the worst. But there is a point into saying when is where is the line and the line for her, I think she's like really teetering it right now with this last album, having so much black influence where it's just like okay you're not black though she tans she's been tanning incessantly for like the past eight years people thought she was latina because her last name is grande even though it's italian that's straight up italian yeah like, yeah but, but grande, it's not a it's not a spanish last name but it that's 
a Spanish word. So it's like that just speaks to people's ignorance, but whatever. So I'm not going to school you on romance languages. I don't even know that much on romance languages. But needless to say, her ethnic ambiguity with her using the wigs, using the the hair extensions, and with her like tan, light complexion or whatever, I don't know color like, adjacent like I understand as as a pop star especially to that extent you need to do the hair do the skin all of that i get that but then for you to fucking make a song about it yeah i don't know like, yeah. Like, yeah. Girl, yeah what are you, you doing <laughs> no you don't need to you don't isn't need to. isn't lana del rey like so pale but is Lana Del Rey a pop star? She's not a pop star, honestly. I guess. Yeah, you're right. And Lana Del Rey has popularized her career off of being a fucking trashy white girl. So she can just... Oh, my God. Don't even get me fucking started. Yeah, we went this whole podcast Don't. without talking about that girl, which is a blessing <laughs> to me and Joshua. Don't do that now. <laughs> Don't do that now. <laughs> It sucks because I will if I listen to if I listen to Ariana without knowing who the fuck she is, I'd be like, damn, she is she's fire. Like, is she Latina? Which is also fucked up for me to not fucked up for me to say, but it's also like our perceptions of what what mixed sound sounds like. Yeah. And then she well a lot of people think she's mixed too because of the blacks and because of her ethnic ambiguity and all this stuff her whole and it's name like, like it's every, are we canceling Ari right dang- now no I'm not I'm canceling saying, her I'm sorry I'm I can't saying, do that I can't no I'm not either but I just don't I'm want saying, I'm like I'm saying we need to hold her accountable we cannot yes, keep absolutely. praising her this comes back for around all these yeah. things this I'm comes back around cannot, to lift her on a pedestal and be like she's the greatest artist this comes back around to consuming things and using things and being a part of things and just being critical about it like it's it's okay to listen to whatever artist makes you feel good with their music or whatever you want to watch or but you have to be critical with it and you can't just mindlessly do it you have to say i understand that this person is doing this and this is kind of fucked up this is weird. This makes me uncomfortable. This makes this person uncomfortable. And just, you know, still consume it, but consume it with a little bit more intention and consume it with like knowing what you're talking about or knowing what you're consuming. Same thing with Instagram. Like, what are you doing on Instagram? I think another controversial It's like when I shop at Walmart, I know this isn't the most like ethical, sustainable place. But I have five dollars, and I can buy a lot of stuff with five dollars at Walmart. So I'm gonna go. But I, knowing the stuff that I know, go. I like the I like the PC music. I'm gonna example. go. Savannah, I'm sorry. It sounded like that when you. It was it was amazing. It was great. You really did it that. It sounded melodic when you were cutting off. I was like, what? Oh my god. Okay, okay. Closing notes. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, closing notes. Closing notes. I'm sweating. Go ahead. Go for it. Go for it. 
Me? The show, the show notes. In the I, show I, notes. I, we, I can say like a goodbye and do this and that. I don't know if I could close notes right now. <laughs> I can just say, bye guys. <laughs> yeah. So um, the girls are drunk, so I can close out the show today. Yes. yes. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you for listening to Cement. Produced and directed. Samantha, you can't close Dr. shit with your Wi-Fi. You can't close shit with that Wi-Fi. Like, don't even. Um, okay, so points that are made today. We are not canceling Ariana Grande. We are no longer talking about Lana Del Rey. We, right, um, like, we were so quick to be like, Azealia Banks did this and this and this fucker, but we keep bringing up Lana? Is this your closing? Oh, this is my closing. This is my closing. It's so quick for me as a as a femme person to be like, fuck the boys that talk about being misogynistic and all of that. But it, I then teeter on like, can I can I like listen to these femme women using black scent, using black culture as a part of their pop scene? Like, and I think we just regardless, we have to understand the elitism, the the classism, the money that these motherfuckers have to do whatever the fuck that they want. And we just have to hold that accountable because I'm gonna keep it real with y'all. I fucking love thank you next. I love positions. <laughs> I wanna hear positions over and over again. I wanna hear thank you next over and over again. But we have to, as people, as a democracy, we have to talk about <laughs> shut the fuck up we have to talk about how fucked up these bitches are i love you girls i love your honestly i don't know if i love you girls i love your sound i love your music that's it like i thought you were talking to me and tomato but you're talking to lana and ari so no 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 no, no. i'm just saying in general it's like like for for you and I, Brian, like we were quick to be like, we're not talking about Azealia Banks, this, this, and this, blah blah. But blah. then we talk about Lana for but literally. But then we every have episode. half of a podcast about Lana Del Rey. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. So, but just, this is what I mean with being critical, being critical yeah. about what you're doing. I'm sorry, my about is coming out. Saying. I'm like, but it's like, just yeah, being self-aware, honestly, even if it's six episodes later, being like, uh, are you sure about that? This is. Okay, can we talk about the song we're listening to right now? She says, don't put the bands, put the bands on me. Like, who you- You're not a sex worker. That's what I'm saying. I just wanted to, like, there are just certain lines when I listen to her music, to her music, to positions, <laughs> and I just get uncomfy. Okay, can, can I close? Yes. I think I, I, think I <laughs> yes. can. The government doesn't want me to speak. It's because I know too much. <laughs> That's exactly why. That's my close. Okay, 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 okay. <laughs> so, hi everyone. Thank you so much for listening to our podcast. Um, please make sure, thank you so much to Beta for coming on. It was really awesome to have... I, I feel like Brian and I, when we talk, we we don't need a moderator, but it's really nice to have a moderator when we're trying to fucking talk about certain shit and it just goes other ways. Um, and it was nice to have someone else on the podcast who can do the same thing so we don't feel insane and crazy. 
But please make sure that you listen to BGC podcast, Bad Girls. <laughs> Not Brown Bad Girls, girls Chron- Brown Girls Chronicles. <laughs> Um, and i honestly want to say that we will definitely have multiple joint podcasts yeah i think that we should that'd be um, lovely the fucking (laughs) cement bgc podcast cinematic universe yes please listen to our playlist that we come out with frequently um, of, I said every week in the beginning. Brown girl chronicles. Uh, let's just go. Let's just, let's just let's just go with brown girl cement. <laughs> brown girl cement. That yeah, it, it is frequently because I will I will just like be in my bag in my bed and I'm like I'm gonna put this on the cement playlist. Yeah, frequently. Um, let's just go with frequently. Also, this girl right here. I don't know if you guys have seen this show, The Undoing. Bitch, she ate. Eight, eight Stop. down. We have to make a closer because I have to work on this essay. Um, not a th- student. That is a closer. I love everybody who's here. I know that you is guys. A closer. I know. If you I really, feel, I just feel rude. Like we've been MIA for so long, Brian, yeah. and it's like. But it's like if you get through, if you're here at this point in this episode, like thank you, I love you because it's been we, like two hours. We literally just rant and like you listen to it, so like thank you. That's yeah, all. We'll be here. I That's I don't have a concrete base that you want. Listen, I don't have a concrete date because this is not concrete. This is cement. But I can say that we will be Period! back soon. We will be back soon. Um, Brian and I are linking next week in person, so we might do an <gasps> Oscars podcast. He yes. wait. Can you bring multiple dates to the thing? Because you asked. Me oh, you guys are both invited. Yes. Oh, okay. Oh, you asked. It's okay, everyone. Just know I'm Brian's rebound. Um, I asked both of you and you both said no, yes. No, I think honestly. Come on, Wi-Fi. Come on, Wi-Fi. <laughs> what happened? Oh, my God. Literally, Sabeda, <laughs> fucking text us. <laughs> please in the bio everyone's following just fucking follow all of us just yeah, follow all of yeah. us so beta i'll text uh, you 